Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Hallelujah. Well, that's well, we're going to see that that's one of the things that we're to pro- appropriate uh, here is healing. And we're to see that there's other things that are there. Psalm 23 talks about that there, the Lord has prepared a table before us. Okay? In the, it says in the, pre- I like that, because it didn't, it didn't exclude. It said in the presence of our enemies. So that means that in their enemies are around the table, and what they're trying to do, what the, the devil is always trying to do is to get you to turn from the table. He's trying to get your attention off of what God has provided for you. And I'm telling you, it's no different here. It's no different here. Glory to God. He is probably the one of the most faithful ones to come to church. He is. And he, and he will get on people's shoulders if they'll all let him and listen to him. Praise God. But we don't want that today, right? Say, devil, go in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not going to listen to him. And so what we want to do, we want to look, look and see what the word says concerning communion. Hallelujah. And then we're going to act on it. We're going we're gonna to be doers, doers of the word. Amen. Because what is it? The doers are the ones who get blessed. My first, one of my first uh, times to ever see this in this light was when we, when we left here, we went out to Tulsa, and we went to a church called Grace Fellowship, and it was Pastor Bob Yandin. Uh, some of you might remember we had him here. And anyways, it was a wonderful church. And one of the, one of the times, the first time that they did communion, then, you know, they encouraged people and told them, now you need to believe that at the moment that you eat of the bread, how that his body was broken for yours so that you could be whole. And that healing will be imparted to you if you'll believe that and, and receive it in Jesus' name. So anyway, so, we did the, so they did the communion. And then afterwards, they uh, did a testimony. They said, okay, now... If you were having pain in your body or if there were symptoms in your body that you can recognize and see that they're gone, then we would like for you to stand up and we would like to hear what God has done for you. And I was amazed. Well, of course, the church was probably, the church was probably 1,500 people or so. And, but we had people standing up everywhere that they were testifying how that from, after they had received communion, then how that they had been healed. Glory to God. Well, that should, be a, that should be all the time. Amen. We should be having those experiences all the time. Amen. And there's no reason why we can't have that experience this morning. Glory to God. Because the same faith, praise God, that was there is present here after we give you the word. Amen. So if you would, let's go over to Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to look at the Passover, and the Passover is actually a type of what we celebrate today, the Lord's Supper, or communion. In 1 Corinthians 5, 7, uh, you don't have to turn there, but it talks about Christ, our Passover. 
So he is the, actually the antitype of what, was, what the uh, uh, Israelites, the Jews, did at that time, how that they sacrificed the lamb. And now we don't sacrifice lambs. We don't sacrifice animals. Glory to God. Jesus was our sacrifice. We have the real thing. It's like Coke. It's the real thing. All right? Jesus is the real thing. Hallelujah. So we don't even have to go back and imitate or do what they done, but you're going to see a lot of similarities here of what uh, Christ provided for us. Okay, Exodus 12, verse 1. <clears throat> it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning. Everyone say the beginning beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. Faith always has a beginning. It always, there's two stages really to faith. There's the stage of the beginning, and then there's the stage of thanksgiving, the in-between stage until it manifests. And here, when he was telling them this was going to be their beginning, Mark eleven twenty four says, What things soever you des desire, when you pray, believe you receive. See, there's a beginning there when you pray. Now, what I find a lot of times people, most folks keep going back to the beginning. They keep going back to the start. You don't want to go back to the start. You, I mean, that would be like if you were running in a race and we got Max up here, and he's running the race, you know, running the whatever, two-mile race. And he, gets, and he just gets about 100 feet, and then he, i got to go back and start over. Well, that's what a lot of times people are doing in their prayers. They keep going back asking for the same thing that they had already previously asked. Faith has a beginning. Everyone say faith has a beginning. But you don't stay at the beginning. You don't stay there. What do you have to do from that point on? Well, the Bible says in the, after you believe, you receive, then that's the time where we abound in thanksgiving. Lord, I want to thank you today. Glory to God. When I took communion, when I received, hallelujah, I believe that was my beginning. Glory to God. Now I'm on the, on the way to the end. I believe that I'm in the recovery stage. I believe you're working. I believe things are coming about. Just like, you, just like you said. But see, that's where you're to focus. That's what you're to concentrate on is your patience and thanksgiving. Amen. Not the beginning. The beginning's easy. Everyone can start. Amen. It's not returning to the beginning, not returning and asking God, Lord, will you heal me again? Will you keep healing me again? Will you do this for me again? No, you don't keep doing that. You've got to believe sometime that he said, yes, I'll do that, and you keep going until you see it. Amen? Verse 3. Speak ye unto the, children, the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. So God's getting ready to, to take the Israelites. He's getting ready to deliver them out of Egypt. They've been in Egypt for over 400 and some years in bondage. 
under the dictatorship, under the hard oppression of the Egyptians, and now they're getting ready to walk out, come out. God's going to bring them out. Hallelujah. How many believe God can bring you out? He can. He can bring you out in any situation. Hallelujah. If you'll trust him. And I tell you, he has, he has instructions. It's not just trusting. It's getting the instructions of what to do. Glory to God. Believing that he can get you out and then waiting until he gives you the instructions on what to do. That's what wisdom is. He goes on, he says in verse 4, If the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next into his house. Take it according to the, the neighbor of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. What is that a type of? Or so who is that a type of? Jesus. He had no blemish. He was without blemish. He had no sin. That's why he was able to be the perfect sacrifice for you and I. A male the first year, you shall take out of the, of the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same months, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood, everyone say the blood, and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper posts of the house, wherein they shall eat it. Two things are going on here. It's they're, they're striking the blood on the post, and they're eating of the, of the animal, the, la, the lamb. There's two things that you and I do in communion. We partake of the juice, which represents the blood, and we eat of the bread, which represents Jesus Christ. Notice that, two things. Verse 8, And they shall eat flesh in the night, roast flesh in the night, Roast with fire, unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at, the, uh, at all with water, but roast the fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence there. Aren't you glad we don't live back then? <clears throat> and you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning, you shall burn with fire. Verse 11. And thus... You shall eat it. Everyone say, I shall eat it. Now notice, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hands, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Praise God. So not only did he give the instructions what they were to eat, what they were to do with the blood, then he tells them, this is what you need to expect. You need to get ready. So don't, don't eat this with your pajamas on. Get out of bed. Amen. Get your, get your clothes on. Get your traveling clothes on. Get your shoes on. And get ready because I'm getting ready to bring you out. Amen. So notice they still had something to do. They had, why, why could they expect this? Because God says, I'm bringing you out. Now, Psalm 105 says he brought them out with silver and gold, and it says there was not one feeble one among them. Now, they say that there was as many from maybe 2 million, 3 million people that came out of there. Now, you have, you have of all ages, you have them that they've worked hard, they've been oppressed, 
They, you know, even at the end, how they were told they had to make bricks without straw, making it almost impossible for them to do their work. You had people that had worked for years, and so they're all crippled up. You've got people that are sick. I mean, with that many people, you've got the whole uh, gamma of things that are going on. And the, uh, Psalm 105 says, when he brought them out, he said, there was not one, not one feeble, not one weak one among him. So on that night that they did the, the, the Passover, when they ate of the, uh, of the lamb and ate of the unleavened bread, when they put the uh, blood over the post, then something very supernatural was going on in those homes. The Spirit of God was moving, and those who were without strength were all of a sudden being given strength. Those that couldn't walk were all of a sudden being given the strength to walk. Those that were sick were all of a sudden being made well. I mean, we don't see, we don't see that happening. We don't understand. We just think, you know, like Hollywood showed it, how that they're, they're, you know, coming out with stretchers and carrying their, their old people and carrying the, you know, the sick. And everyone's, you know, crippling along. No, that's not what the Bible says. I said, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Spirit of God came in that night, glory to God, as they were obeying, as they were per, per, partaking of the Passover, then the Spirit of God came in there. I don't know what was happening. I don't know how it was going. But evidently, glory to God, strength and healing and miracles were taking place that night. Why? Because God was bringing them out. Hallelujah. How many know God wants to bring you out? He wants to bring you out of your situation. He wants to bring you out of your sickness. He wants to bring you out of your condition. He's the same God. He has not changed one iota. The Bible says he is the same. There's no shadow of turning in him. Glory to God. And so this, and we've got the real thing. Remember, we've got Jesus Christ who, who was the antitype of the, of the uh, Passover. So what did they do? Well, if you were smart, you got your clothes on. Amen. You may have not been up. You may have had to wash them that night because you hadn't worn them for a long time. But you gathered all those things together. You began putting them on. And you know, faith, faith is like that. When you, when you enter into faith, when you believe God and what God has said and you take hold of it and say, okay, I accept that. I believe that right now. Then I'm telling you, this is what my experience the Spirit of God will come if you'll stay in faith because there are things you must do in faith. Go to, go to uh, Proverbs 4.20. <clears throat> my son, attend to my words. Everyone say, my words. Incline your ears unto my sayings. Everyone say, my sayings. Verse 21. Let them not depart your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health the or medicine to all your flesh. 
You know what? I believe more so that Proverbs 20 through 22 is for once you're in faith. Once, you've, once today you've prayed and you've asked God to heal you, you've asked God to help you, you've asked God to deliver you, whatever that might be, I believe this is the next step. You need to take the word and you need to meditate on that. You need to keep it before you. Why? Because God is there to give you more instruction. He is going to tell you what to do. There may be some action that you need to do. There may be some things that he will tell you what, okay, you need to do this, or you need to quit this, or you need to add this. Well, see, that's faith. And what is it? Well, as you're in faith, the Holy Ghost is going to help you all the way along the way. But you've got to keep the word there. And, and it's, been my, it's been my experience that most people don't do that. Here's what's going to happen to most. They're going to come up here. We're going to do the communion just like always. We're going to take it, do the bread. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, I need healing, Lord. Pray, I play, uh, uh, pray you please heal me in Jesus' name. And then what are we going to do? We leave here and we go back to the, everything else that we were doing. We don't, we don't think about it any longer. We're not, we're not making ourselves think about it any longer. I've found if I'm believing for something, I have to make myself think about it. I have to, I have to put reminders out there to thank God for it so that I won't forget. Are you, there, there is a labor, and, and, I, and I don't know how to say it without, you know, faith is not works, but there is a laboring in faith of keeping yourself in faith, keeping yourself in that place of rest, keeping yourself in that place of peace, knowing that God will provide, God will do for you. And so if I'm keeping his word before me all the time, that by his stripes I'm healed, praise God, I did ask. I did receive that day. Praise God on the 20, whatever this day is. The 20, what is today? 25th? Day the 25th of, of September. I prayed and received glory be to God. Thank you, Lord, that healing's working in me. Thank you, Lord, that every condition's working in me. And then you know what happened? We had a man... We had a man one time, I've told this story before, we were doing a, a Bible study over here in Redmond, Indiana, and there was, we had just a handful of people come, and it was Bernice, and I can't remember what his name is, but it was about him, and anyway, he was a prison guard, and he was a prison guard down at the Putnam Prison, and so we were doing that, and he had had massive heart attacks, and so he was, at that time, they were giving him the... Um, uh, nitroglycerin is that what it is tablets he had to have those at all time and so anyways the story goes so he went to work one day and he left his pills at home and the doctor says don't you go nowhere without those pills and so anyways they they had allowed us coming to home they we've been preaching to him they've been hearing about faith and believing god and um He's at the prison, and so he starts to get concerned. He starts worrying about it. He gets ready to go and call Bernice and tell her that he left the pills home, that they can get them. And as he was going, he said, the Holy Ghost said. Everyone say, the Holy Ghost said. 
Now that's the one that's on the inside of you. Same one. He's there to help you and lead you. And he spoke up to him and he said, why do you need those? You're healed. Why do you need those? You're healed. Now I would never have told him to, that not to take those. I mean, I'd had to hear an audible voice from God to even say that, because I wouldn't encourage anybody to say, you, you need to quit doing this or quit doing that. Amen? Yeah. Because why? Because you're going to have to know God said that to you. You're going to have to know that he said that to you. And so he said, he said this. He said, I thought, okay, praise God, I'm healed. And he, he turned around, he went back to work, he came home, and he told Bernice, he said, you know what the Lord told me today? She said, what? She said, I don't need to take those anymore because I'm healed. Well, what did the Lord tell them? Put your, put your shoes on. Put your, put your uh, gird up your loins. Why? Because I'm bringing you out. See, when, the, when we're in faith, he was in faith. He was believing God for healing. He was believing God to get well. He was believing. Well, him believing and staying in faith brought the next step where the Lord said what you're supposed to do. He never had no more problems as far as I know. And he quit, and he quit carrying those pills around. Like they say, the proof, the proof of the pudding's in the eating, right? Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that to you, but I would suggest to you to seek the Lord. I would suggest to you to meditate in the Word. I would suggest to you not to let it leave your ears or nor your eyes, okay? That's the work that I would suggest to you. Glory to God, because the same God that spoke to him will speak to you. The same God that spoke to the Israelites will speak to you. Amen? Glory to God. Um, so he goes on here in uh, Exodus 12. <clears throat> I will pass, verse 12, I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all of the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. I was telling Pastor Kimberly this morning, I was reading this, and I said, did you? I said, I, the first time I ever noticed this, that God did not di differentiate between the Egyptians or the Israelites here. Yes, he spoke to the Israelites and gave them the commandments, but you know what? If one of those Egyptians had done what the Israelites had done, they would have been delivered. And if one of the Jews, the Israelites, would not have done the commandment, they would have got the same judgment as the Egyptians. So the judgment was not a respecter of person. It was a respecter of faith. Are you here? So when you do the word, when you do what the Lord says, glory to God. Now, we're going to go down here. Let me read on, then i got a place we're going to end here. In, a, in verse 13, it says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. So everyone say the blood. So that's what we have today. We have the blood of Jesus. And he says, When I see the blood, 
He says, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not uh, be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So one thing about the blood, they put it on with hyssops. The, today, the way you apply the blood is by pleading the blood, by declaring the blood. What does the blood mean? The blood represents the covenant that you now have with him as a child of God. Amen. The devil knows the bloodline. The problem is that a lot of times Christians are not applying the blood. They're not, being, they're not reminding the, the enemy of the covenant that they have. Saying that you're a Christian is not applying the blood. Okay? That's not enough. Saying that you go to church is not enough. Amen. He needs to hear some covenant talk. God needs to hear covenant talk. Now, I want you to go over to verse 21. And we're going we're gonna to end in these, we're going to go to verse 23. So they apply the blood. How do we apply the blood today? I do it all the time. I go around all the time when I'm praying. I plead the blood of Jesus today. Glory to God. I'm a, I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Devil, I plead the blood here. You can't cross here. Just like you couldn't cross with the Israelites, you can't cross into my house. Amen. You you're are the temple. Your body is called the house of God. So you can plead the blood over your house. Apply the blood. Everyone say, apply the blood. It says, verse 21, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, that's uh, the uh, applicator, their branches, and dip them in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two sides posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. So here's the instructions. For the Lord, now get this. Let me, let me read something uh, that we just read, and then we'll go to this one. It says in verse 13, he says, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the Lord. Now, doesn't that sound like that's the Lord doing that, honestly? Because he said, when I smite the Lord... Do you know that we get so confused here because we think one, on one hand God is the one doing it and then on the other hand, he, other hand we say he's a healer? And then people that believe that way, these are the very scriptures that they'll bring up. Well, it says that he'll smite. He says he will destroy. Are you here? These are, the, I'm not, um, these are answers, these are questions that need to be resolved. Because if you don't resolve them, then the enemy will take advantage of you. My question is right now, can God be a healer and can God be the one who strikes you at the same time? Well, it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't seem possible. But uh, we can take word and we can, you know, people will take this word and show you. So I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you something that helped me, and it's right here in verse 23. 
It said the Lord, everyone say the Lord. It says that he will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door. Now watch this next part. And will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your house to smite you. It wasn't God doing the smiting. Now the King James brings it out and looks like he's the one who commissioned it, but he wasn't. It says here that when that blood was applied, it says actually what was going on, he was not, he was not allowing the destroyer. Well, now we New Testament tells you in John 10.10 10, that the thief, the devil, he comes to t steal, kill, and destroy. He's the destroyer. It, they've, never they've never changed roles. They never have. Amen? And notice the blood that it said, it suffered not the destroyer to come into the house. So there was a big old angel there that night. Wherever there was blood on the post, and when the death angel would come, they would stand there like this. And guess what? He'd just go right on by. He'd go right on by. God's not the one who smites. He's not the one who brings disease. He's still the healer. He's still the giver of life. Are you here? Amen. And so, this God, this God that we serve today, he still wants to bring life and healing to us. And so, he's made a table before us that we can partake of and through the action of our faith, believing as we act upon this, then we can receive what he's uh, provided for us. So let's go over to 1 Corinthians, and we'll get ready to receive. Verse 23, verse 12, chapter 11, verse 23. Paul, by the Spirit of God, he begins to explain about the Lord's table. He says, I received of the Lord that which also I deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. Everyone said, Take, eat. That's the time when you release your faith. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So when we take of the bread, we're to remember something. Well, one thing we are to remember, Matthew 8, 17 says that himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses so that he's provided for you a way out. So some of you need to get your walking shoes on today, right now, and get ready. Get your clothes and say, this is going to be my day. This is my beginning. Amen. Those of you that are in faith, glory to God, this should, be a, a, this should be in a time where you're getting ready to rejoice again because you already know you're closer. You're almost at the end. Hallelujah. But you, get, you did get some instruction on what you may need to be doing. And that might be you need to get your scriptures out and you need to get them before you, keep them before your eyes, keep them in your ears. Glory to God. Why? So that that keeps you abounding in thanksgiving of what, you, what you've got that you can't see yet. 
You've got it. Amen. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. Now, the curse of law over in Deuteronomy tells you exactly. It even lists different diseases, different sicknesses that will come on you before the, before the curse. And this says that it, he has redeemed you from it. Amen. What does that mean? You're not supposed to have it. You're not to, you're not to put up with it. If you put up with it, you'll keep it. And Galatians 3.30, Christ says, he said, I've redeemed you from the curse of the law, being made a curse for you. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Doesn't that sound like that he did something for you? Yes. Verse 25, it says, After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. Remember, we were talking about the blood. This do you as often you drink it in remembrance of me. So what's the, the blood represents? Well, Hebrews 9.12 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The, the, so the blood of Jesus, glory to God, is what cleansed us and made us whole and made us righteous. Okay? Now listen to me a minute. I don't care what you've done as, since you've been a Christian. 2 Corinthians 5.17 still applies to you. I, don't, I just think 2 Corinthians 5.17, we say that when we got born again, but now we've got a lot of past behind us. But no, I'm still a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I still believe that. Amen. And your right standing with God, how can I say it? Your right standing with God never fluctuates. Never. Everyone say never. I don't know about you, but that's good news. That means I'm always in that righteous position with him. Now, we know that fellowship does fluctuate, just like it does at your home. Amen. When you argue and when you bicker with one another or something, well, fellowship, you know, we haven't had no lost fellowship, have we? No. I think I came pretty close to pushing her, but I got it. I got it. I stopped it before I got there. But fellowship can fluctuate with God. And when you do wrong, then what happens is then we get out of we get out of fellowship with God. Now it's not on his end, it's always on your end, right? He he never does wrong, right? If you think he ever does wrong, you're already in trouble. Amen. This whole thing's not gonna work for you. Yeah, he's always, he's always right. But we sometimes do wrong. Well, thank God for the blood. Everyone say, thank God for the blood. See, the, there is a way to fix it. And without the begging, without the, you know, crying and moaning with God, how sorry and everything, there's a way to fix this rightly. It's called 1 John 1, 9. I always call it my maintenance scripture. And don't think I ain't wore it out. I use it a lot. But thank God it don't get wore out. And 1 John 1, 9 says this. He said, if, talking to a Christian, talking to a, a son or daughter of God, it said, if we confess our sins, 
our mistakes, our wrongdoing, that he's faithful, everyone say faithful, and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Now, see, I could do all this without the shedding of any tears. Honestly. I don't know why, you know, I I can understand we can be remorseful for what we've done, but the fact of it is, you know, I've seen people that are remorseful and they come up and cry and they, they walk back and no change. And I've seen other people, you think, no, you need to stay down here a, bit, a little bit longer and you need, to, you need to get this worked out. But they just have faith and take hold of it and go back. They're good and they just walk a straight line again. So you can't go by that. It's your faith. It's just accepting, okay, Lord, I did this. Please forgive me. Glory to God. I believe that you've cleansed me now from all unrighteousness. I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. And just get up and walk on and not even talk about it again. Now, I do have to tell something on you. All right. Huh? We'll get it fixed. But I did do something. I can't remember what it was. And I, and I asked you to forgive me. I asked you to forgive me, and you said, yeah, I forgive you. Well, then later on, she brought it up again. <laughs> and I said, then you forgive me. See, if she forgive me, then she wouldn't bring it up. Right? So God don't bring it back up, is my point. Amen. We're human. Or Pastor Kimberly's human. <laughs> I love you. I am. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyways, you get the drift, though, about 1 John 1, 9, how it works. It's just a matter of you believing it, doing it, and then getting up and believing as it's done and not letting, and not letting the devil torment you any longer with that and keep reminding you of what you did. Everyone say, thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. So we're going to get ready to receive right now. Now, I want to encourage you, if you need need healing, all right, then I want you to get ready to receive. How do you receive? When you take of the bread today, I'll instruct you. Then you ask God to heal you that which Jesus has provided for you. Amen. And you accept because the Bible says that all the promises of God, all the promises of God, all the promises of God are yes and amen. All of them. Everyone say all. So everything that you can find in that Bible, in that word that says that he will do, the answer is always yes for you. Not maybe. I haven't found that scripture yet. But I did find the one that says yes. And I always look for the good ones. I do. I look for good scriptures. Hallelujah. Amen. Everyone say yes and amen. So when you ask God to heal you, then you've already got his answer. What is it? Look at your neighbor and say his answer for you is yes. Yes. It's yes. 
Glory to God. So when you ask him today, his answer is yes. And then at that point, what do you do? You move over into thanksgiving. Lord, I want to thank you for giving it to me. Lord, I want to thank you that you're doing it. I want to thank you that the Bible says I'm recovering. I want to thank you that the Lord, that the Bible says that you're raising me up. Amen. And that's where you got to stay from that point on. You say, how long? Till it happens. But don't, don't back off. Push in. Find more scriptures. Amen. Work on it more. Glory to God. Just don't set, don't set aside. Your faith should get stronger every day, not weaker as time grow, goes by, but it should get stronger as time goes by. Amen. You ready to receive? Glory to God. I'm going to have the ushers come up. Hallelujah. We're going to pass out the communion elements. I know we weren't planning it, but can we sing that last song?